is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. You mean to tell me that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth and you brought it out here and actually played with it and actually played with it? Yeah! Are you one of those people that has to know how much the Babe Ruth ball is actually worth? I was going to bring it back, but it was signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah, you keep telling me that. Who is she? We'll keep it right here because today is your lucky day. The Sultan of King of Crap. The Colossus of Cloud. The Colossus of Cloud. Babe Ruth! It's time for Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan, sponsored by ERC Delivery and Huggins and Scott Auctions. The Great Bambino! Happy Saturday morning. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemeni of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer, Eric Ostrowski. We're on every Saturday morning from 7 to 8 talking about sports, collectibles, anything you might find in the attic that you think might be valuable. We get tweets to my attention. T-Crown Tom is my Twitter ID. If you have a picture of an item you want to send me that you think might be valuable, I'll try to get it on the show. Or you can call us 312-332-3776. I had a few... Tweets that I didn't get onto the show from last week to my attention. Some of them pretty neat. This one is from Arthur on Twitter. He had a bat, a 2016 Cubs team signed bat from spring training. I guess was only missing uh, Contreras and Chapman and wanted to know the value of that item. Um, Matt from Huggins and Scott did a little research for me, and he saw one with an MLB hollow that had the full team that sold for about a grand, so we're thinking probably 500 to 900 or so on that one. And then Dale from Twitter sent a picture of a Tyson Hollyfield Budweiser poster. And this was a fight that never happened. I think it would have been in 1991 when Tyson ended up going to jail. These are selling 30, 40 bucks on eBay unsigned. And he asked how much if signed by both, probably looking at two or 300 for that. So T Crown Tom is my Twitter ID. And we'll try to get things worked in in 312 332 3776. Is the phone number here. Vincent Bill, did you have a chance to watch any early baseball games yet last night? I had it out in the background. It just kept going on game after game after game. Yeah, it's nice to have it back, isn't it? Yep, for sure. For sure. Now, we're going to have later in the show, John Drummond will join us along with Nancy Huggins for Which Ended Higher. But we're also going to do a little bit of a contest where we're going to guess how many homers will lead the major leagues in a 60-game season and who will lead the Cubs and White Sox in homers. So start, crank up that brain and start thinking it. We'll we'll do that uh, later in the show. Now, big thing happened. We're taking in things already for the Huggins and Scott October auction, and and the pictures are up on their website now. We got in all six Bulls championship rings for longtime Bulls security guy, John Caps. 
A little background on John Caps. This is from an article that Sam Smith wrote a couple days after uh, Mr. Caps passed away in June of 2018. John Caps was there when it all began for the Bulls in 1966. Former Chicago police officer, a Marine veteran, he got the assignment that day in 66 to clear the way for the parade up Michigan Avenue for the new NBA franchise in Chicago, the Bulls. Instead of floats, baton twirlers, and bands, it was owner Dick Klein, coach Johnny Kerr, marketing director Jerry Colangelo, all wearing suits and cowboy hats, and a live (laughs) bull in a cage in a two-vehicle procession, which they call a parade at the time, I guess. And Cap signed on at that time and stayed as a security guy for the Bulls until 2018. Uh, Here's, I guess... uh, he resided before outside the locker room before every game, keeping an eye on things outside the Bulls' locker room. And then he was big. He didn't want his name known to the public. So, like, when I heard the name, I'm like, who is that? That that literally didn't even ring a bell to me. As soon as I saw the picture of him, it's like, oh, that guy. You used to always see him <laughs> sitting by the Bulls' bench. Um so we have all six rings running for him, $5,000 minimum bid per ring. Bidding starts October 2nd. I put links up with a picture of each ring on Twitter last night. And then, you know, I'll do a couple more links as we go along. But really beautiful rings. And, and Bill, now those, from the jeweler's standpoint, those are the same jewels and gold and all that stuff that's in the players' rings, correct? Yeah, they're actually what they refer to as called Tier 1 rings, which are the ones that they give the players and the coaches and stuff like that. And very few play people that are not on the court get those rings. And, well, I guess, I mean, he was pretty much on the court with them every game. Yeah, he was He was right there. You'd always see him. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I'd wonder, I wonder who that guy is that's always sitting there by the Bulls bench. And then we yeah. found out that's who it is. So it's pretty neat. Now, this gives people a chance. Let's say you don't think you could afford all six rings, but you might be able to put in a good solid bid on just one of them. And you really you want to get the first one. You want to get the last one. You want to get the 72 and 10 season, whatever their record was in that. I think it was 72 and 10. Anyway, you can bid on one, and then there you know there will be guys that want all six. They'll be bidding on them. So it's going to be interesting. That is going to be fun to watch how the bidding goes on those rings. Oh, yeah. I think they're, they're – you're right. I think there are going to be some people who want to bid on all six of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's almost a guarantee. But beautiful rings, T-Crown Thomas, my Twitter ID. You can see a, a big picture of each ring, and then – There's a link to Huggins and Scott, and Huggins and Scott, when you go to their each page where they're selling each ring, you can see it shows pictures of both sides of it. I held them in my hands. They're real heavy, solid rings. I mean, they're they're really cool. You talk about a a piece of Bulls history. That's it right there. It'd be great to own one or just have one, but it's still to be in the presence of one had to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, really neat. I mean, that's about all you can say about them. Yep. Now, there's a lot of other stuff is already in for the Huggins and Scott auction. Unopened material that has high-value rookie cards in it is doing really well in the marketplace right now. They have a box of 1981 Topps football unopened and sealed three-box rack case where you could get Joe Montana rookies. That has a $2,500 minimum bid. Then there's a 1935 Chicago Cubs World Series press brooch, $750 minimum bid. Press brooches, press pins, that type stuff. There's a big market for that type stuff too, Bill. Oh, yeah. We've actually got... uh... Another group of press pins and and for an all star pin coming in that this one uh, person had put together. It's it's every World Series press pin from the late teens all the way up to I think two thousand and nineteen, and every all star game. And also the unique part about this is they also have every phantom pin. Which I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with actually what a phantom pin is. Once the uh, once the teams get close to the World Series, the league authorizes teams to issue oh. these press pins, even if you don't make it, because they need them ready, literally in a in a day's notice or in a week's notice, and it takes longer than that to make these things. And so, if you get like a phantom pin, like. The team lost out in the ALCS or the NLCS. Those pins are tough to find. Oh, a lot of yeah, that, that would be. Some of them go way back. That you know? would be really neat, actually, for, you know, a year you thought your team was going to make it and, and they didn't. Now, I, I noticed a couple that I noticed. First off, the sixth All-Star game was 1938, but I guess that was the first year they actually made an All-Star press pin the 1938 Cincinnati All-Star Game, $1,500 minimum bid on that one. And then you had a couple of the good Yankees press pins, 1923 with a minimum $1,000 bid, and, and the 27 Yankees, the historic 1927 Yankees with Murderer's Row, that press pin, $1,500 minimum bid on that one. That'll be interesting yeah, to see how high those go. Some of those early ones are much tougher to get. And uh, actually, the, the gentleman who collected all these was a very picky collector. So most of these, from what uh, my writers have been telling me, are in like 8, 9, 10 condition as well. Ooh, so, wow. Wow, that's really neat. Can done... you buy these as a one-offs, or are they being sold just as a collection of? Oh, they're gonna, a lot of them are going to be sold individually. There, there will probably be a few groupings as well but a lot of the bigger ones that are going to be oh three to five hundred dollars or up are probably going to be sold individually oh cool and then uh we're going to have well in which ended higher we we have four items that ended in earlier in the year in huggins and scott auctions but i like to mix in a couple other things through the show for instance there was a chris bryant 2018 Rawlings Game Use Bat, PSA Game Use 9, $1,100 that went for. Boy, Vince, I bet you were happy to see a 
Who would have thought a complete game by a complete game shutout by a Cub pitcher last night? He looked amazing. He he reminded me of Greg Maddox, you know, working the corners, yeah. moving it in and out, up and down. Just a phenomenally pitched game. He does have a lot of Maddox in him, actually. Not a not yeah. a giant fastball, but he really knows how to pitch. And yeah. he just he like made... he has his non emotion is something else. <laughs> Plus, I don't know. He do made... <laughs> do you get Comcast or Xfinity, Vince? Did you, Xfinity, yeah. yeah Xfinity. And all of a sudden, Marquis was on it yesterday. It's yeah, Eric. Yeah, do you know how that's nice going to work with them? Are they going to automatically just start billing people, or how much they're going to bill Comcast? Have you heard anything about that? I haven't. I don't believe that they're planning on putting an extra bill on, but I'm not quite sure because the details really haven't yeah. trickled out. Because as as you said, they made the deal yesterday morning. Yeah, and all of a sudden it was on. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I'm I, not sure if people with Xfinity, if they're all of a sudden going to get a charge, or if it's just going to be built into the already sports package that you maybe, have with yeah. Xfinity. That would be nice. I was thinking, thinking what they'd probably do is give you three through July free and then say if you want to keep going in August or September it'll be added x amount to your bill. I've seen anywhere from like 5 to 12 or 13 dollars that it might be a month. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Sign me up, just add it to my bill. The <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured you would be in on that no matter what. What if they yep. said, uh, Vince, for you, it's only going to be $200 a month. Uh, You're in? Well, I'd have to think about it for about 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> I got to do it. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. I think I talked into the Xfinity remote, and I was like, baseball. I wanted to see what baseball games were on, and it showed 202 a marquee network. I'm like, huh. So I yeah. went to it thinking there'd be like a blue box or something. And, and it was on. I was like, wow, what's yeah. going on here? Then Great the White surprise. Sox, White yep. Sox started off. I, why? I, I don't know. I, it's, it's obviously one game, one inning, but Leury Garcia playing second base. Come on. What are you doing? He's clearly not a second baseman. You got, you're going to have a, a, that to me is what I was saying before. You got the one thing, their team defense looks like it could be just so so. You got to get a legitimate second baseman in there. You can't have Lurie playing second base. They he he botched a double play ball and they ended up giving up an extra like three runs in the first that literally they should have only given up one run in the inning and it was like okay that's a good start to the season then Mankata <laughs> hits the three run homer ties it it's like that's one you, it sure looks like they're going to be able to hit they've got Luis Robert looks just absolutely awesome he hit something like a 118 mile an hour single to left field on, yep, on a, yep. a curveball and then he hits a shot to right center field that you just love to see a hitter yeah. like that. He, he even looked good as he chased uh, strike three. That was like a foot over his head. He even looked good swinging at that. Whatever he does, it looks good. <laughs> his yep. first hit yesterday, which was in the first pitch he saw as yeah. a major league hitter, would have been the second hardest hit by all White Sox players last season. Of all last season. Yep. Wasn't it like 118 or something? something yeah, ridiculous. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, wow. Yeah, so it's it should be exciting for the Sox. But you can't be blowing games with poor defense, and you know we don't know about the what the bullpen. You always, uh, to me, a closer is always a question until you see him start closing year to year. Closers, you never know. So yep. it's already time for a short break now. 
John Drummond and Nancy Huggins will be joining us. We'll be doing the Witch Ended Higher. And we've got, we'll be predicting home runs. We've got a lot to come, so hang in there. We'll be right back. Now back to Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan. Sponsored by ERCDelivery.com and Huggins and Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemeni of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and our producer, Eric Ostrowski. We're on from 7 to 8 a.m. every Saturday morning talking about sports collectibles, comic books, anything that might be have value that might be in a Huggins and Scott auction. And we now have Nancy Huggins and longtime Chicago newscaster, John Drummond joining us. John Drummond, are you with us? I'm with you on boat on on the boat. I'm oh, ready to go. All right, hold on. <laughs> this boat's a little rocky, but <laughs> we'll try to keep it afloat. Now, John, the first item in our which ended higher is going to be a Ronald Reagan signed 1951 soapbox derby program. I'm guessing you have a Ronald Reagan story for us. As a matter of fact, I do. If you give, me, give me a minute. Tell, tell me when and we'll roll. Give, give it a roll. Let's go. Well, you may recall, our listeners, I'm sure, remember the time that Reagan came to Wrigley Field and uh, to do a inning a play-by-play with Harry Carey. Yeah. This was in the 80s. I think it was, his second, it was during the second administration of Ronald Reagan, which was in the eight, late 80s, of course. And I was sent there to get a shot of him going up the stairs, again, walking up to the, the ballpark. And uh, we went up to the upper deck, and lo and behold, he came up with a coterie of Secret Service agents. And he was actually walking. I remember that up there, up to the upper deck there, and we stopped him. Uh, see, I worked at WHO in Des Moines at one time, and that's of course where Reagan made his bones when he did uh, baseball uh, via Western Union back in the 30s, I think 1937. So as he went by, I hollered out. Mr. President, would you have a word for a former colleague at WHO? Bang! <laughs> and believe it or not, he turned around and stopped. And I asked him not any earth-shaking matters of uh, meetings with Gorbachev or economic factors, but instead <laughs> asked him about the time he worked at WHO doing baseball. And bear in mind, at that time, they were doing a major league game from from their studio. Des Moines, of course, was in the Western League. They were not in the majors, but they carried Major League Baseball. For example, let's suppose Tom Morgan is, is at the plate, and all you get is the Western Union wire. And it says, uh, you give a little background on Morgan, 279 hitters, so many homers and RBIs, and Morgan's up, and it says, ball one. It doesn't say what happens. So you say, oh, Morgan took that one almost, almost under the chin, Sal Barber style. <laughs> Boom. The next thing says, uh, a foul ball. And then you say, you have to improvise. Oh, he got a hold of it, but oh, it went just beyond the uh, the. the the sign out there is a foul ball and fortunately one on one and he described the game till he finally then you get a hit. They say the outfielder's going way back, Hayward's way, 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 way Oh, but he caught it, so on and so forth. So you have to improvise, you have to extemporaneous and you gotta know baseball. And Reagan did a pretty good job in that, as we know. He's a good uh, good ad libber. That would be wow. interesting to hear replays of that. So, I liked myself, yes. I yeah. never did. But I know he was there. I was there. But uh, at that time when I worked at HO, he wasn't even the president then. So it wasn't that was yeah. quite a big deal. Yeah. So what did the Secret Service do when you when you, when you you yelled over? Were they like, like oh, okay, back off, sir? No, or? they were not happy. In fact, yeah. they were, you get those little couple of little shots in your ribs, they want you to break off. They did not like that. They felt very uncomfortable there with Reagan very exposed at that point. But uh, we, we didn't have a chance to talk to the president. I knew it was a good coup, so we did it. <laughs> yeah, very cool. That's awesome. Well, it's time. 
So we already know now we've got a Ronald Reagan item in which ended higher. Nancy Huggins, are you with us? Oh, yeah. Welcome to the show. John Drummond is here. And, of course, Eric and Vince battle it out trying to figure which of these four items ended higher. I just found out, actually... My mother-in-law, Audrey, is 2-0 and at home, so <laughs> congratulations, Audrey. <laughs> Excellent, is there Audrey. anybody? Is yeah. there anybody who has zero going into this week? Anybody? Uh, I think there might be one person. Oh. That person will yeah. go first. He's got That's a sheepish look on his yeah, face right now. I either now. have zero or negative points right now. <laughs> no, so. no negatives. It's hard to get a negative. It's possible, but no negative. Okay, first item. Ronald Reagan signed 1951 Soapbox Derby program. That ended in the February 2020 auction. Second item. Willie Mays 1956 Tops card number 130 graded SGC7. Third card. Mike Trout, PSA 9, 2011 Tops Update Rookie Card, number 175. And the fourth item, Michael Jordan, 1987 Fleer. So not his 86 Fleer rookie, his 1987 Fleer card, number 59, graded PSA 8. Now a hint... All of these ended under $1,000. So you can see there's some, everything in the Huggins and Scott auction isn't huge money. You can get some neat stuff that's under $1,000. So, Eric, I guess since you're farthest from first, <laughs> we'll let you go first this time. Some may call that last as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boy, I will start out the bidding with the Michael Jordan 87 flare. Okay. Eric's going with the Michael Jordan 87 flare card. Next would be Vince. Well, Eric took the one I wanted, would want the most for my personal collection, but um, I'm going to go ahead and say it that uh, with Trout just being such a phenomenal player and signing that big contract, I, I think I'm going to go with the Mike Trout. Vince goes with Mike Trout. Nancy. I'm going to go with Willie Mays. Nancy goes with the Willie Mays 1956 tops. Okay, now that leaves for John Drummond. If you want to do be all by yourself, it leaves the Ronald Reagan, or you can double up with somebody. But if you're wrong, it is a negative. And right now you're in the lead with two. Well, I can't. You painted my. I painted myself in a corner today by talking about the Dutch Reagan. So I got no choice. And I would think honestly, it'd be the best deal. But I, that's that's my guess. But I would think a Reagan president uh, autograph would still be pretty hot. So yeah. I'm going to go with the, with the former president. I'll okay, the picks are in. The farthest from highest is the Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, uh, and that's a neat piece too. A 51 soapbox derby program. High bid on that was $325. Wow. The next That's item, cool. the Michael Jordan 87 Fleer went for 350 in a PSA 8. The next item, the Mike Trout PSA oh. 9, that oh. went for 475 and the Willie Mays went for 575. Oh. So Nancy Woo. moves into a tie for first with John Drummond. All right. Yeah. Now, I have an interesting 
stat thing to go along with this. I was looking up. I don't know what got me looking at this, but I ended up finding the list of top OPS plus all time. So that's on base plus slugging and plus means it's weighted for when they played. And they had a listing of the top 24 guys. The top five, who, who would you think is first? It's kind of easy. Who is Babe f- Ruth. Babe Ruth. He's first. Second, Ted Williams. Third, Barry Bonds. Fourth, wow. Lou Gehrig. And fifth is actually Mike Trout. That's pretty cool. I had done a comparison about a year ago with Mike Trout and Willie Mays stats through, I think it was through their first thousand games, and it was amazing how close it was. But actually, when you look at the OPS Plus, Mays was on the list. His career was 156, Trout's 176. So from that standpoint, Trout is is actually even ahead of Willie Mays. A couple he other guys. Healthy, he'll be one of the greatest oh, ever. I yeah, think, he really, sure. he really is. He's already. Uh, there were a couple guys, two or three from the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties. A couple of them didn't even have five thousand at bats. To me, you need at least five thousand at bats to be on this. But some other big names that were on this: uh, Hornsby, one seventy five; Mantle, one seventy two. Uh, Jimmy Fox was on the list. Dick Allen, who I, I, I loved Dick Allen when he was with the White Sox. I, that was right when I really started going to a lot of White Sox games in the early 70s. He could just kill the ball. He was actually tied with Willie Mays at 156, and, and Frank Thomas was also 156. So pretty interesting. But that, that's a stat that I kind of like as far as judging through history the value of hitters well john drummond once again this week a great story about ronald reagan and thanks for joining us okay and we'll we'll see you later yes talk to you next week okay fair enough thanks for coming on with us okay all right now also i love his stories tom i just love his story i know think of all the people he's met and interviewed over the years and just say, it's just like, oh, yeah, I, Ronald Reagan, oh, yeah, I, I talked to him once. Or, you know, it's like, yep. yeah, Great. yeah, there's, I'll, I'll be talking to him during the week and say, you know, how about we're, we're running this or this? Have you done anything? Oh, yeah, that guy, sure, oh, yeah, this guy interviewed. It's like, wow, it's amazing. Great, Great. stories. What a life, I'll tell you. Yep. Okay, now here's uh, some other items this ended in the May Huggins and Scott auction. This, I I collected the top 50 all-time NBA players. I got an autograph of each one. And then when I was done, I was like, well, now what do I do? I thought, well, you know, there's a lot of great players, like guys like Kobe and LeBron and, uh, you know, Steph Curry, all those type guys that weren't in the top 50. But if I was doing a top 100 you know, they'd be joining in and they'd be in that too. So I started collecting and I'm trying to get my own basically top 100 NBA all-time autographs. Well, in May, a guy had a top 60 display, so he did kind of the same thing. He had some signed photos with Jordan, Dr. J, um, 
a dual signed photo that had Russell and Sam Jones. I actually have a dual Russell and Wilt Chamberlain where they're going up against each other. That's a, a great. They were kind of like the Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig of basketball, you know, when those two guys sure. were battling it out. And uh, 13 cuts, I think, two signed checks, including a Maravich, which I got as a gift from you guys at T. The Tea Crown customers a few years ago, which was amazing. That his whole piece went for four thousand dollars. So very interesting. Yeah, I like that type stuff. Obviously, NBA. I'll tell you, Bill. I don't know if if people have been contacting you for getting in any like LeBron James rookies, or I know there's been Michael Jordan stuff because I sent in and. 86 Fleer set with a Jordan rookie and a Bird Magic rookie myself. But I'll tell you, the the globally, the basketball sport card market is really doing great. Oh, yeah. Same with our with our retail store, too, House of Cards. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I bet. If you're even able to get, that's the, the one negative about it. You get allocated on the basketball products, and then you can't restock because the unopened products, just the brand new stuff is going through the roof. I mean, literally like big money. And you get allocated way down, it's like, oh, boy. And it looks like the future, the, the card companies are going to be raising prices on a lot of this stuff to begin with. So it's like, oh, boy, what's coming up here with this stuff? But that's, you know, it's good and bad. If you've been collecting basketball stuff for a long time. It is just doing great. The good stuff, the big time stuff is really doing great. Now, what we're going to do, we're, we're coming up to the break here, but after the break now, Eric and Vince, you guys are going to have to pick who you think will lead the Cubs and Sox and homers, and then how many homers do you think will lead the majors in a 60-game season? To give you an idea, 11 in 60 games is the equivalent of hitting 29.7. 25 in a 60-game season is the equivalent of hitting 67.5. So that'll give you an idea right there when you're, when you're making your picks. But the number here is 312-332-3776 if you want to call in. But hang in there. We'll be doing our picks after the break. Now back to Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemeni of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins and Scott Auctions, and Eric Ostrowski. We're on till 8. Now, Bill, I'm not going to ask you to pick a Cubs and Sox home run leader, but if you want to get in on the picks, all four of us can do how many homers will lead the major leagues in a 60-game season. So let's start off, though, with Eric and Vince. Who do you think's going to lead the Cubs and Sox in homers? Go ahead, Eric. Um, I'll go. You got to be first in something. That's fair <laughs> enough. Oh, fair oh. enough. Um, I will go for the White Sox. I'll go with uh, Aloy Jimenez. Last year he had thirty-one. I like with two that. stints on the DL. I believe he only played like one hundred and twenty, one hundred twenty-two games, something like that. That would have so, been my pick, so I'm going to move. Okay, uh, off so of that Aloy one. for the White Sox, and then the Cubs. I don't think they have any prolific regular season 40 home run guys anymore like uh, Brian's kind of opted out of that become so I'm gonna say 
I'll go with Javi Baez. Okay. I feel like the Cubs is more spread out. I think we're going to have a lot of guys hitting 15 to, to 18 home runs. All right, Vince. All right, well, uh, Schwarber had 38 homers last year, so I'm going to go with him to lead the Cubs. He's kind of your guy so, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love his swing. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm going to join Eric with Eli. I, I'm just going to stay with what I thought was, uh, you know, the guy who's going to lead the Sox, and I'm going to go with Eli. Okay. Well. I, I would go with Rizzo if he's healthy. That's the whole key for me. And I was going to do Eloy. Uh, I guess I'd have to go. Do I want to say Luis Robert just because? But uh, <laughs> why not? I'm going to say Robert. Why not? I'll All say right. it. I was going to say maybe Abreu, but I'm going to go with Luis Robert. Now, okay. For 60 games, okay, like I was saying earlier, 11 and 60 is the equivalent of basically 30 homers. 25 and 60 games is the equivalent of hitting 67.5. Bill, you can start this one off. How many homers do you think will lead it? 20. 20. Bill Huggins says 20. Okay, Eric. I'm going to say 22. And Pete Alonso is going to hit the twenty. Oh, he's even uh, he's even naming the guy. I just love his nickname, the yeah. Polar Bear. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, you know I don't know what it is about Eric choosing my guys, but uh, it'll seem like I'm choosing his because I'm going to I'm I was I had Alonso too leading with eighteen. Eighteen with Alonso. Now here's my philosophy. Usually in the early season, there's a guy that goes crazy hitting homers and then fades some, and that's in cooler weather. So I'm going to go 27, and I was thinking Giancarlo Stanton, but I'm going to go with Bryce Harper, who when he gets hot can just go crazy. So that's going to be my pick. Bryce Harper cool. and twenty seven or somebody might I it wouldn't I think that would be a good bet twenty five over or under on twenty five because most people probably wouldn't think that could happen but I think with the hot weather and everything I don't know it'll be interesting guys can get hot we'll see so that's that we've got those in. There will be a prize, just like there will be a prize for Witch and Hire. I just don't know what that prize will be at this point. <laughs> hey, Bill, Bill, do you have a guy who you think is going to lead the the majors? You didn't choose a guy. Who do you think? Oh, as far as the 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 person to hit the twenty home runs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'll take the the guy for the for the Yankees, Gene Carlos Stanton. Yes, that's what I – he looks healthy. God, when he's healthy, that guy's just dangerous. I, I got him late in, in the fantasy draft, too. I was like, ooh, I like that pick. Now, Is that the draft I wasn't there, but I was there? Yeah, you were there. I, I know you were there. I sensed your aura there, Vince. <laughs> the computer. <laughs> okay, James E. from Twitter has a Harry Carey Jack Brickhouse dual sign baseball. I like that. I think if they're nice, a nice white baseball and bold signatures, I think that could go two, three hundred, or maybe even more. Is that something? Do you agree with that, Bill? Is that even something you'd want to take in a Huggins and Scott auction if he wanted to send oh, it sure. in? That's very, that's a very different item. Yeah, sure. yeah. I, I like that. They, uh, you know, big Chicago background, obviously, too, in that one. And now I remember what got me thinking about. Uh, 
the OPS plus. I had uh, Ken first. He emailed me a picture. He had, I think it was his grandfather, was uh, at the 1958 Baseball Writers Association 50th anniversary dinner. And he got a signed sheet, which I tweeted a, a picture of this a couple of days ago. It's, re- it's really pretty cool. It had roughly 30 signatures on it. NBA and MLB Hall of Famers, a lot of them were on there. Listen to some of the names. Rogers Hornsby, Stan Musial, Red Auerbach, Bob Pettit, Slater Martin, who was a Hall of Famer that I don't see signatures of him very often. Alex Hannum was a Hall of Fame basketball coach. Bill Veck is on it. Jesse Haynes, Frankie Frisch, Ford Frick. And then, holy cow, he put on there Harry Carey. We're all on it. So we he ended up bringing that in then, and I sent it in to Huggins. That'll be in the October auction when they get it all authenticated. And Steve Grad actually follows me on Twitter, and he, he saw it and gave a like to it. So I'm guessing it's going to pass authentication, <laughs> which is, cool. I, I mean, it's really cool. And the story behind it, you know, that he was there for it. But that got me, I was thinking... Rogers Hornsby, you know, I knew he was great, and Stan Musial is kind of an underrated all-time great hitter. That's what got me thinking. I wonder where they ranked on OPS Plus all-time. And like I said, I think uh, right after Trout was Rogers Hornsby, sixth all-time. Let's see, Kate, or, uh, Musial, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I think he was like 15th or so. Great hitter, lefty hitter. Supposed to have been a great guy too, Stan Musial. Now that that's one we could ask John Drummond in the future. I wonder if he, I bet you anything he met Stan Musial. Vince, hey, you didn't you meet Didn't you meet Stan Musial now that I think about it? Yeah, first summer of ERC, I did the uh, pick up the game tapes for the Cubs, and I met him and his wife. Yeah, I guess he was doing the seventh inning stretch, so they were fantastic people. His wife was just asking me questions about my company. Marvelous person, both of them. So right. to tell the story, though, about how you, you didn't know who it was, right? Yeah, work- I was just waiting. I was waiting for the Chicago uh, Cubs home game tape to take it out to, uh, to the airport in the summer of 2000, my first summer at ERC, and I'm just – hanging there waiting for the tape, you know, for the game to be over and hanging. And there's this wonderful lady. She starts talking to me, asking me questions. I didn't know who she was. And and then the game is over and out comes Stan Musial and she stands up and she says, Stan, you got to meet this guy, Vince Clemente. He started a company, ERC, and, you know, and, and he shook my hand and asked me, oh, are you related to Roberto? I'm like, no, no, I'm not, you know. <laughs> but uh, just, it was wonderful. Great memory. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How exciting. I love Stan Musial. Oh, it's when, what, I was, oh. when I was a baby, I used to sit behind him in church. You're kidding. Really? Where, in <laughs> St. Louis? Was, my family's from St. Louis. Oh. And, uh, and so we used to go to Stan and Biggie's and... You know, and I would sit behind him in church. Of course, I was like six months old. And we went went to a a, a national show down, I think it was down in like Texas, maybe. And I stood in line. I stood in this long line for Stan's autograph. But, you know, I got up there. I didn't want his autograph. I just wanted to say hello and let him know that I sat behind him in church. 
and then I went to his induction in the Hall of Fame in 1969. Great. So, Very oh, cool. Was he like, oh, yeah, I, I held you and rocked you? And- <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I probably made him feel real old. <laughs> no, oh, that, that's really neat. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, now some other <laughs> items that are in for the Huggins and Scott October auction. Of course, like we were saying earlier, if you if you didn't weren't tuned in at the start of the show, we got in all six Chicago Bulls championship rings for longtime Chicago Bulls security guy John Caps. You might not recognize the name, but if you look up the picture and see it. And you've watched Bulls games a lot during your uh, lifetime, you'll recognize John Caps. He was always sitting by the uh, Bulls bench during games, and he was you'd see him in, in the background all the time. But each ring has a $5,000 minimum bid, so you don't have to bid on all six of them. This has given you the chance. If you there was one Bulls championship season, that you were like, oh, man, that was the year, whether it was the first, the last, their 72-win season, whatever. This is your chance. Bidding begins October 2nd. Also, Michael Jordan, 1984 NBA ticket stub, his debut. It has, it got an authentic, PSA authentic grade. It had three pinholes and uh, some writing on the reverse, but to give you the idea, if you have one of those and you're like, ah, oh, mine's got, you know, mine's pretty beat up, this still has a $4,000 minimum bid. So go go find that if you have one. If you're like, man, I think I was at that game, October 26, 1984. Well, we had one in the last auction, Tom. Yeah. And it got 26000 26000 wow. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. So you know, dig around through your box of ticket stubs if you were a longtime Bulls season ticket holder. Now I used to go to Bulls games before Michael Jordan got there, and we could go the day of the game and get a folding chair underneath the basket for like eighteen dollars. So there weren't a lot of season <laughs> ticket holders before Jordan got there. There'd usually be like three thousand, four thousand people in the stands at, at that time frame. But uh, if you have it, find it. That's worth some money. Or look for it. Don't drive yourself insane. But <laughs> I know I've got that somewhere. But look for it and find it. Check the floorboard. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like between the walls. Well, you know, I'll tell you, you Tom, we, uh, the one we sold was, is, is, I don't know if you remember the company that used to make them. They were called Ticketron. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. That did the tickets. And that's the same one we have here. I would love to have somebody come up with, uh, one of the stubs or full tickets, even better for, but the the one that the Bulls issued with the oh, Bulls yeah. logo on it, oh. I think that could great set that set an even higher number. You know? That would absolutely yeah. be a monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be interesting to see what that. So look around. You know, a lot of people will throw ticket stubs like into a shoebox or something, and and uh, like we used to throw our cards into a shoebox, but I had a. I saved a bunch of ticket stubs from concert and games that got thrown out when I went to college, actually. But a lot of people will do that. I think they should have a ticket inside a program since they don't make tickets really anymore. Like if you buy a program, have a serrated thing with a ticket for that game in there. 
Because mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great collectible. I miss the fact that they don't have those anymore. Yeah. Here's here's a New York Giants ticket stub from the final game at the Polo Grounds, September 29th, 1957, versus the Pirates. That's got a $150 minimum bid in the October Huggins auction. That had Roberto Clemente for the Pirates and Willie Mays for the Giants in that game. Now, wow. Clemente hadn't he really didn't have a very good year at that point he really didn't get really good until the 60s in 57 he was three for four in that game but he only hit 253 with a 288 on base percentage at the age of 22 Mays that year was two, two for four he hit something like 335 with a 407 on base percentage 35 homers 38 steals a wow. 173 OPS plus, and he was 26. So there's the comparison to Trout, <laughs> you know. With yeah, that. and he had his defense in there. Oh, in center field, great made, center fielder, just amazing. Absolutely. Yep. Well, we're at the end of another show now. Stay tuned. Uh, rebroadcast of the Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco, followed by Fred Hubner and Jeff Meller. Have a great show starting at nine. Thanks once again to Eric Ostrowski, our producer, Vince Clemeni, and Bill Huggins, the sponsors of this show. Mustang Construction, actually, who I rent from, is one of the sponsors on the show. That's kind of nice. And we're on every Saturday morning, 7 to 8 a.m. Central Time. So tune in next week. Get your items. Tweet a picture of one to T-Crown Tom, and we'll use it on next week's show. Have a great week, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.